I'm reading from Corinthians 1, chapter 13, 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of men of angels, or of angels, but do not have love, I am only resounding gong or a clang cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but when there's prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, there will be stilled, there is knowledge. It will pass away. For we know in part, and we and prophesize in part, but when completeness comes, what is not what is in part disappears. When a child, I talk like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in the mirror. Then we shall see behind me for now we see only reflection as a mirror when we shall see face to face now i know in part then i shall know fully even as i am fully known and now these three main remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love this is the word of the god for people of god this week we celebrate on Friday, Valentine's Day. It's a tradition that we have and have had for a long time for couples to celebrate love. And it's a celebration of romantic love. It's a celebration of what that love means and, and how it's benefited us and how it helps us live a full life. And it's just a kind of a fun time to be able to know that we're sharing life with someone else. And it's a great way to, it's a great opportunity to be able to express that love and to let that other person know how much we do care about them and how much their, their life means to us and who we are together. I think we often are confused about what love is and how love works. It's hard for us sometimes to define it. It's hard for us to define what it actually is. We, we often say that I may not be able to tell you what it is, but I, I can tell you, you, you'll know it when you feel it. That's how we often describe love. It's, just, it's that feeling that's within us. And Valentine's Day got its start. It's, there's actually a couple of Valentines, St. Valentine's, that are connected to February 14th. The story that I like the most is from Valentine of Rome. He was someone who was thrown into prison for performing weddings for soldiers, Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers weren't allowed to get married. It was against the law for a Roman soldier to get married. And he performed weddings for these Roman soldiers. And that got him thrown into jail. And when he was in jail, he actually ministered to other Christians who were thrown in jail because of the, the Roman persecution. It was against the law to be a Christian. So they were thrown into jail for that. So he, he ministered to them. While he was in jail, legend has it that he returned sight to a blind daughter 
of the judge who put him in jail. So there's this judge who has a daughter who's blind. The judge throws Valentine in jail. Valentine restores her sight somehow. And then he writes a letter to her while he's right, right before he's about to be executed. He writes a letter to her and he signs it, your Valentine. And so the legend has it, that's where this all began. It's this connection of love. It's this connection of, of uh, being connected to another person. It's this understanding that, that, that love is, is important and love does good things. It became a, an official feast in the, the church calendar in, in the year 436. But Valentine's Day as we know it didn't really get to be what it is until like the 18th century or so, where we have a, a Valentine, where you be my Valentine. We exchange flowers and cards and sign things, your Valentine. And I think this celebration of love warrants us understanding what it means. You know, it's, yes, we can say we know it when we feel it, but there should be a, a better understanding on our part of, of how love works. What, what, does it, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it lead us to do? How, does, how do we understand that in a better way? Psychologists often say that love is about a connection to another person. It's, it's both a feeling and an action. We may feel something, but it leads us to an action. It's a, an action of prioritizing another person where we have a connection to another person, where we're committed to another person, where we say that that person is important, and I'm going to spend time and energy in helping that person. Other psychologists say that it's not something that you can control. You can't control who you fall in love with. You, you can't buy and sell love. You can't make someone love you. It's just something that happens. It's just something that it's this, that, that deep kind of connection thing. You can't make someone love you. You can make someone pretend. You can make someone go through the motions but you can't really make someone love you. It's not really a choice that you make. It's just something, it's something that's there. It's just something that just kind of comes within you and kind of leads you to a place where you, you value that other person. The other person means something to you and you, you do action. So we want to find out what that is. When you look at, at the Bible and, and how the Bible presents love, it's all over the place. It's all throughout the Bible. We know that, that it's a central theme to how the Bible works and how, the, how God wants us to understand who he is and how God wants us to understand what our lives are about. There's this sense that, that it's, it's very, very much everywhere in our faith and our belief and everything that, that helps us understand who we are in connection to God. Love is at the center of that. And so there's one chapter in the Bible that really helps us to see specifically how love works. And it's the chapter we just heard, 1 Corinthians 13. We call it the love chapter. We often hear it at weddings. But what it does is it reveals to us that love is more than just romance. Love is more than just a feeling. Love is more than just, just, just a connection between another person. There's something bigger there. There's something deeper there. There's something important there that I think it's, it, it, it helps us tremendously to know what that is. This, this chapter ends by saying these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And I, I've always kind of heard that and thought, that's kind of weird. You know, we're, we're, we're a people of faith. We are, we are a part of a faith community. We know that faith is so important to us, that, that faith, that we're saved by our faith, that, this, that faith is about our connection to God. And here's this, this famous chapter telling us that love is greater than faith, that love is bigger than that. And I think there's this sense that, that love is really the foundation of everything. Love, love is where everything starts. Love is where life starts. Love is where our connection to God starts. Love is where our connection to each other starts. Love is that foundation. Love is the greatest. Love is something that's, that's there. And so there, this, this chapter kind of breaks down the attributes of love and, and how that, that love can work and how that love can be made known in our lives and, and how we can put into practice this idea of love. And I, I really like in the, in the verses four through seven, it's broken down into three, three basic categories. 
There's a part there where it says love is this and this. Love does not this, 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 and this. And love always this, this, and this. There's these three kind of distinct categories of of how the Bible is trying to describe love to us and, and how we can begin to understand and have a more full understanding of how love works. Love is, love does not, love always. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at these three things of, of how we can break that down. How, how does God want us to understand love? How does God want us to, to, to put love into practice? How does God want us to understand how we can show love and, and be a loving person and being a loving child of God and, and being someone who receives love in our lives? And so the first one is love is. Love is patient, love is kind. And actually, of the three categories, this one only has two words, patient and kind. Does has several, always has several, but this one only has two. Love is. When you think about the word is, it's the third person singular of to be. So whenever we say something is, we're basically saying that's what reality, that's, that's the reality of the moment. That's the reality of the world, the world that, that when we say something is something, we're expressing the way the world really is. Here's how it exists. This is what truth is, that this is happening. We are currently in Green Valley United Methodist Church. We are part of this faith community. This is who we are. This is, this is what's happening right now. We're a part of this worship service. The, the Boy Scouts are this great organization that helps people in the world today. We are people who are working together to make that happen. We are a people who are doing good things. Boy Scouts is good. They kind of make that third-person singer. Boy Scouts is good. We know that, that, that we are sports fans, and we like different sports. There's different things we like about sports, and we say that this is the best team. This is the best way for us to root for the Steelers or the Browns or whoever. This is a Sunday. The building we are in is at 620 East Turkey Foot Lake Road, Akron, Ohio. This is the situation. This is what's happening. It's reality. Sometimes we have all these other things that, that get in the way of reality. Sometimes we have all these other ways of trying to look at reality. We, we have a facade. We have like layers of things that, that maybe are true or untrue. When something is, it's reality. It's the truth. It's something that, that is happening. And so I think that's a great way for us to understand God and love and how that all works because it's really God establishing reality for us. It's God establishing what it means to exist what it means to be a part of this world, what it means to, to be a child of God, that, that love is present, that love is here, that, that love is in the moment, that love is, is, is making us alive, that love is, is pushing us forward, that, that love is, and how wonderful it is to know that that's our reality. We read a verse this morning at the beginning of our service. I kind of want this to be like a, a bit of a memory service, a memory verse for us throughout this series. It's something that I think helps us to understand is a little bit more. It helps us to understand love a little bit more. Let's all read this again together. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I think this, this chapter and when we see this, this kind of description of the, the kind of the ways that, that love works, we can insert the word God in here. We can insert the word Jesus in here. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus is not la 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 la. It's, I think, a way for us to understand how God works because God is love. Now, when we think about love, we're really thinking about God because God is the source of love. God is the one who first loved us. God is the one who, who helps us understand what it means to, to be alive, what it means to enjoy this, this great blessing of love in, in our lives. God is, God is what makes it all possible. So when we're, when we're looking at this, this idea of love and what love is, love is, love does not, love always, it's about us understanding God better. 
It's about us understanding how God is showing his love to us. And I think that's a key way of understanding how love works. That it's not just something that's there. God didn't just say, there's love. You're all going to feel it. You'll know it when you feel it. It's, it's there. But God shows us that. All throughout scripture, all throughout history, we see all these, these opportunities of God showing love. Of God showing us what it means to love. It's not just that, 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 that warm fuzzy that we have inside of our chest and our stomachs. It's this, this idea that something big is happening. That someone is showing something to us. That someone is doing something for us. That, that love has, has been no, made known to us because of the work of God. Because of how Jesus has worked in our lives. It's this, this ultimate expression of love. Where it's about showing. It's about doing. It's about action. It's about reality. This, this is our reality. This is what it means for us to be alive. This is what it means for us to exist in this world today. God is love. Whenever, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. It's, it's this connection that we have. It's this real thing. It's this, this moment in time that we know that right now God's presence is here. That God is making himself known. That God is revealing himself to us. That, that God is giving us his strength. That God is giving us his courage. That God is giving us everything that we need to live because he's showing it to us. He's helping us to see what that looks like. And then as we live our lives, we can begin to find ways to do that in our lives. How we interact with other people. How we can embody love. How we can show what it means to love. How we can be patient. How we can be kind. And how we can do all these kinds of things. It doesn't take a lot of Bible study to see those, those places where God is patient, where God is kind. You, you think the entirety of Scripture is really about humankind saying, okay, God, I got it. And then we go off and do whatever we want to do. We make the mistakes that we make. We allow sin to take control, and we just keep making mistake after mistake after mistake. The entirety of the Bible is about God saying, come to me. I'm still here. I'm still showing you my love. My arms are still wide open to you. I know the mistakes that you've made. I know the things that you've done. I'm still here. God is patient. God is patient with us. God, God lets us make those mistakes. God knows that we're going to make those mistakes, but God is always finding those ways to still be there for us. Patience, the, the idea of patience is about this idea that, that we're okay with delay. We're okay with suffering. We're okay with things going off the rails or going off track because we know there's something bigger. We know that there's something bigger that we're waiting for. We know that there's something bigger. We, we're not going to get annoyed just because something doesn't happen when we think that it should happen. God shows that to us over and over again. And, and, and kindness, kindness is just about this, this genuineness of, of, of being generous. This, this idea that we're intentional about being generous with other people, that we're, we're showing kindness, we're, we're being nice to people. I mean, it's all over. It's all throughout the Bible. There's, there's all these different verses that you can go to. I just picked a couple out here that, that kind of show us God doing these things, that show us how God is patient, that show us how God is kind. Just on the patient side, there's in Psalm 85, but you, Lord, are compassionate and a gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's slow to anger. He's slow to just, he shouldn't just be writing us off. We, we've made, for thousands of years, we've been making mistakes. We've been going against what he says we should do. We've, we've, become the, we've not become the people that we should be. We, he knows that we could. He knows that we should, but we don't. But he's slow to anger. He still gives us those chances. He still gives us that chance to see that light. He still gives us that chance to, to understand that he's there for us because his arms are open. 
Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You think of what Jesus did on the cross. That's because of love. He was able to endure that pain, that, that suffering, that, that torture, because he knew there was a bigger thing there. It was about love. It was about showing love for us, that we might have this life that we might be able to, to live this life, that we might be able to be forgiven of sins and, and free from sin and being able to, to know that we have salvation. He was patient in how he was able to go about doing that. And kindness, it's the same thing. For, for God so loved the world, that's the, you know, the famous quote that you always see at every football game and baseball game, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, it's about his, his love for us. He's showing us kindness. He's being nice. He's intentionally being nice. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Psalm 34, taste and see the Lord is good. We, those two things just go hand in hand with how we understand God. He's patient and he's kind. He, he just bestows us with blessings. He, he reaches out to us in love each and every day. It's this amazing, amazing gift that we get to receive all the time because he's kind, because his love drives him, because that's what matters to him. That's how he shows us what life is about. And that's what we can learn from. So as we're trying to think about how we can be the best that we can be and how we can live the, the way that we can live, we want to figure out how can we do this? How can we let love drive us? How can we let love be something that matters? How can we understand that there's something bigger than just us and our situations and our problems and our joys and our concerns and all the stuff that we have in our life, that there's more to it, there's more to this world than just us? Came up with a couple of things on, on the patient side. The first thing we can do is to buffer our responses. We live in a world that's so fast. Things are happening fast. Sometimes we get annoyed at somebody. Sometimes they say something to us and it just irks us. And we just want to immediately say something back to them. You know, you've been in those situations where someone just, they, they hurt you in some kind of way. They say something mean. And we just want to, we just kind of go to the place where we play their game. And we just want to say something back to them. Well, yeah, well, here's what you did. You say this about me. Well, yeah, well, you did this. If we could just take a couple of moments, a couple of seconds, and just kind of buffer that and realize that, that there's more to that person than what they're saying right now. They're, we know that we're more than what they're saying right now. It doesn't have to change the world. It doesn't change who we are. But we can buffer our response. Just, just, it's that classic count to 10 kind of a thing. If we could just kind of separate ourselves from that emotion, that, that anger that we feel in that moment, and just kind of pause and think about what we say and how that might hurt somebody and how that might affect somebody. Secondly, to have realistic expectations. Nothing hurts patients more than having unrealistic expectations. If we have unrealistic expectations, we get annoyed very fast because we expect people to be doing this. And it's, it's more than what they're expecting. What they're expecting, they're supposed to be doing. So if they're not doing this, we get annoyed at that. We lose patience with that. And it becomes difficult for us to, to find common ground. If we can come to some kind of agreement of what the expectations really are, then we can both be working from the same place. We can both be seeing things in the same kind of a way, and we can find a way to make ourselves be patient, to, to learn to live with the other person and to, to learn to live with where they're coming from, which leads us to the next one, that we want to see the person as a whole. You know, it's so easy for us to tick each other off. It's so easy for us to get mad at each other. It's so easy for these things to, to happen. And we tend to zero in on those things that, that are making us upset. But there's more to that person than that one thing. There's, there's, there's a whole different context there. There's, we don't know what their day was like. We don't know what they were experiencing that morning. We don't know what their, their family, what they're going through with their family. We don't know those. Sometimes people snap at things just because they have all kinds of other things going on. 
if we kind of see a person as a whole and expect that there's a lot more going on than just that one thing, that can help us to be patient. I think those things really lead into us being kind as well, that, that we, we want to learn rather than control. We, we live in such a win culture today where we have to win, and everything's about winning and controlling situations. If we can see other people as people that we can learn from, how, that can change everything. That just We can figure out that, that I can learn from you. There's something that you know about something that I've never heard of before. I can learn about that experience, and that's, that can teach us to be kind to each other, that, that everyone kind of has a value, and we want to learn from that. We want to we grow ourselves, so we, we want to be able to focus on learning rather than controlling things. Being quick to forgive. This is hard. This is one of the hardest things we could ever do, to be quick to forgive, because it hurts. Sometimes it really hurts when we've been wronged, when someone has done something against us, where someone has said something really mean about us, where some, somebody has just done something that, that makes us be in this place that's hurtful, it can be hard to forgive. But I think if we can find that strength that God gives to us to, to allow love to drive us, then forgiveness becomes something that we just want to do. Forgiveness is something that just becomes part of who we are and what we do. That we can find a way to, to forgive that person for, for whatever it was that they did for us. Again, it doesn't mean to forget it doesn't mean to just say, pretend that it never happened, but to understand that we're trying to get better. We're trying to be better people together. We're trying to live life together. So we want to be quick to forgive those things so we can be able to grow together. And the last thing is to simply be inclusive. Sometimes it's so easy for us to just think that the world is all about me. Ask my wife. She'll tell you, I'm an only child. And so sometimes it's always about, she'll say all the time, it's always about me. It's always about me. It's so easy for us to get into that place. But if we can understand that every person that we're interacting with has their own thoughts, their own opinions, their own experiences, their own places where they're coming from, I think that we can help, it can help us find a way to allow love to mean something, to allow love to drive us in what we do, to find a way to simply understand that we're all in this together, that we're all trying to get better together. We're all trying to take steps forward together. And we can be patient in how we do that, and we can be kind in how we do that. It's how God shows us love. It's how God makes love known to us. I think there's ways for us to be able to do that in how we live. We want love to be our reality. We want love to be what our existence is. Love is our foundation. Love God, God shows that love in all kinds of, a way, of ways. And we can find ways to be able to live that out in who we are and what we do. Allow that love from God to be something that fills you up. Allow that love from God to be something that gives you an energy that you thought you never could have. Allow that love from God to be something that drives you to make this world a better place, that drives you to see your relationships in different kinds of ways, that drives you to understand how we are together, how we're working together, how we're all the children of God, and how we can be patient and we can be kind as we live that life together. Amen.